phoenixes are rising Look into the eyes and the hearts of lions Minds like diamonds, souls are igniting Illuminating the night and when you awaken Can't be frightening, world's out of whack But we got your back, you're a part of the pack Now let those wings flap Welcome fellow phoenixes to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast, where we make a daily offering to the divine by putting our pasts on the pyre, turning the ashes into art, adapting addiction into connection, and metamorphosizing mental illness into mental wellness. I'm your host, Ross Cessna, and I'd like to set the intention for today's episode, which would be to talk about the Spiritual Phoenix logo, and then to also talk about my spiritual experiences outside of the... uh, the psychosis, because I, I touched upon that last episode. So as far as the Spiritual Phoenix logo, um, I created a new one recently, and it has a little person uh, surrounded by fire. That would be the person who is undergoing the situation that's causing the spiritual emergence. The fire, in that essence, would be those experiences. Um, and if you notice, the logo has two different colors of blue, and The blue represents both water and fire, and when water interacts with fire, it's transmuted into a different form, and it becomes steam. So that explains a little bit about the Spiritual Phoenix logo, and now to talk about my spiritual experiences. I've always had a little bit different concept of spirituality, I would say, than most people. Uh, I can remember at one point when I was younger, uh, my grandma and grandpa on my mother's side sold gems and minerals, and... They would go out west, and I remember at one point they had talked about Native American culture a lot, and I learned a lot about it from them, and I had asked them to uh, get me a Kachina doll, and I don't think that many kids my age, uh, boys especially, wanted dolls, and a lot of them probably didn't even know what a Kachina doll was. I still find that to be pretty cool. I don't remember specifically what mine was, um, but I, I still remember that, and I've always kind of identified more with more earth earth-based um spiritualities at one point when i was younger i looked into witchcraft i had some dark experiences with that when i was younger and i remember dark energies and at the time i brushed it off i don't know that it was or wasn't it might have just been my own darkness manifesting but regardless i think that if you dabble in in some spiritual realms and you're not in the proper situation mindset or doing the proper things you can have negative experiences with that being said, uh, I really started to get outside of myself and feel that I became more conscious of my surroundings once I started smoking pot and using um, different psychedelics. My first psychedelic experience was likely with uh, Robotus and using uh, dextromorphin in it to, to get high. Um, and I realized that that is not a good psychedelic, and I realized that that probably caused a lot of brain injuries, uh, potentially. And it is what it is now. I can't change it. I've already done it. It's just part of my story. After that, I tried LSD. Um, LSD, I can say that I had some interesting experiences on it. And one of them would be, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and seeing my veins turn black like they were poison and cancerous. And to deal with that, I decided to take a shower and the water droplets turned into diamonds, which looking back is peculiar because water really is like a diamond to me. It helps calm my mind and helps me to write what I perceive to be some of the deepest and best work. So water really is uh, a treasure to me and it it's purifying in, in many ways. And water has been a theme in lots of, uh, lots of things that have healed my soul. 
another thing that I can remember was being outside and feeling like everybody was uh, dead around me. And I, I really thought that the, the world was alive and I was the only living person. And that really shaped my, my spirituality in the sense that I always perceived that everybody else didn't understand everything and that I was different and I was a, a part of the world rather than a part of. Um, and looking back, it was the world was silent and not moving, but what was dead inside... Wait, looking back now, it was that I was silent, not moving, and dead inside while the world was living around me. But I projected my interior world outside. Um, the other thing that sticks out from those early psychedelic experiences is making love to my first serious love on acid. And I felt like her and I became one. And like I was making love to myself. Like we had homogenized. And that was a really surreal experience. And that's really how I related to women for the longest time. Like I had to be one with them rather than two individuals making a stronger whole um the next substantial psychedelic experience that i had was on uh, mushrooms and i ended up in the hospital and i was having a peaceful trip the same ex who i had homogenized with had just left post coitus and that's when things went asunder although i had been never been religious i felt like the devil was trying to burst out of me and i couldn't breathe and i ended up in the hospital and i really did feel like there was a, a demon inside me at that time and it looked like he was trying to, to burst out, out of my stomach if i remember correctly and it was a, a terrifying experience um i had a lot of good psychedelic experiences as well um, on mushrooms specifically, I really felt uh, connected to things. I felt that oneness. I felt that eternal peace. I felt the unity of the universe. I, on mushrooms, I realized the illusion of money, the illusion of government. It really helped me pierce the veil on a higher reality. And although I no longer wish to do psychedelics anymore after my psychotic experience and experiencing the most potent psychedelic I had ever experienced really I, I I don't devalue the experiences and the things that I gain from them I don't think that you need psychedelics to have those experiences and I think that the ultimate goal of anybody who does psychedelics should be to stop using them and have psychedelics outside of that if, if people wish to continue to do them it's not my position to judge everybody's entitled to their own situation and the only ultimate authority of anyone's reality is yourself. You're never the ultimate authority of anybody's experience but your own. Um, so when I broke up, or when the woman and I that I first dated broke up, I met another woman and I became enamored with her. She, she moved to Vegas. I mentioned about that in the first episode. Um, but after, before... I went to Vegas. I went on this psychedelic vision quest road trip, which was based off fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I didn't get the exact same sub suitcase of substances. I ended up with uh, some shrooms, some Xanax, and a shit ton of weed. But there was a lot of uh, spiritual experiences in that. Even just the, the trust fall of driving out high on drugs and making it there without hurting anybody, without hurting myself, and actually making it to my destination in one piece was a, a very spiritual experience. At one point, my buddy and I also were looking for the Grand Canyon, 
It was in Arizona in April, and there happened to be a blizzard at that time. And we were driving around the Grand Canyon looking for it, and we could not find it because of this gigantic snowstorm at the, st- at the time. Eventually, we looked over after driving for about 20 minutes, and we finally found this huge gaping hole. It was just that the visibility was reduced so much because of the snow. And that's analogous for many things in my life where I was looking for something, I could never see it because the visibility of, of things was uh, not that good. So there was a, uh, a point where my friend and I woke up on that trip, clueless as to where we were, which one of us had been the last one driving, unsure why the car wouldn't start. After trying to get a quote-unquote respectable citizen to jump the car, turns out the battery had died. Uh, we had finally got a jump from a man who admittedly was a meth user, which still boggles my mind in retrospect. A social outcast looking out for another social outcast. After And I, I mean... To me, to many people that might not be spiritual, but to be in that position to where nobody who's supposed to be these good, helpful people will help you and relying upon somebody who's viewed as an outcast, I mean, that's very spiritual for me. And it really made me evaluate people in a different way completely to be like, you can't judge people based on what they do, how they appear whatsoever. You have to judge them based on your actions. And I can't say that every action that that gentleman did was a good one, but not every action I've done in my life has been good. I've done some pretty greasy things, but for him to be able to take time out of his day and help somebody in need when nobody else would, that says a lot about him in that situation. And I feel that my higher power really sent that person. Um, Eventually, my buddy and I made it to Las Vegas. He came back to Ohio. I stayed there. Um, The girl that I was infatuated with, she ended up moving out there, and we took some LSD, and I had another very spiritual experience. Her and I were watching a documentary uh, that was narrated by Sigourney Weaver. I can't recall the name of it, but it was about sea life, and her and I were sitting on the couch, and I felt like her and I became coral. Um, We were a coexisting unit, which again goes back into that homogenizing concept. After that, I left on another geographical cure. Um, I had another spiritual experience when I was working at the summer camp in Washington. Uh, Some woman told me I needed to pull my aura in, that my attention was too spread out, and that being in that position, I had the likelihood of um, assimilating negative energies into me. And there was one instance in particular where I had a horrible nightmare uh, sleeping during the day, And then I woke up and I went downstairs. I slept in a bunkhouse that was also where uh, a commons room was for um, some of the people with mental illness. And there was this one woman who was severely disturbed laying underneath uh, the area where my bed was. So she was the floor below me uh, on a couch. But what the woman said about my aura really kind of struck home at that point because I wondered if her energy was affecting me. And that'll seem weird to some people, and that's totally cool. Um, What some people do is really weird to me. Everybody's normal is abnormal to somebody. Nobody's uh, free from that, unfortunately, or fortunately, thankfully. I'm I'm grateful for my weirdness. Um, The next really clear spiritual experience for me uh, that I can recall was after eating a hash brownie, and this hash brownie had, it's made with hash butter, and it had hash chocolate chips in it, basically. Uh, they weren't chocolate at all. They were just chunks of hash that my one friend made. Uh, we'll just call her karate. 
if she ever listens to this, she'll get a kick out of that. Um, but I can remember sitting on my couch and I felt like I was going to die. So I did what most rational people would do in that situation. I just accepted that I was going to die. And I laid on my bed and I waited to die. Well, apparently I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was standing on the wall watching myself sleep. After seeing myself sleep, I saw the birth of a galaxy, the creation of a planet. It went from lifeless to an Earth-like state. It returned to lifeless and then the stars burn out, rendering the universe cold and black. An abundance of images then appeared as some more Egyptian hieroglyphs and others were undistinguishable as I just as I was just a stoner with no real knowledge of antiquity. Upon the flashing of all the images, a voice said, you now know all the secrets of the universe. And I woke up feeling lethargic and drained and I laid in bed the rest of the day. Somewhere in this time period where I was in Northern California, I had these reoccurring dreams of being in hot, murky water and feeling like I was surrounded by snakes and reptiles writhing around, writhing around me in the darkness. And the thing that was interesting about that, uh, a woman who I worked with at the time, she really was a very spiritual woman, and she told me to meditate on clear water. And I meditated on clear water a couple different nights. And when I would do that, I would be in this cool, clear water, and I would be surrounded by dolphins and other happy sea creatures and it was a uh, very expansive water and it was not stifling or stagnant it it was the complete opposite i viewed those the darkness uh, darkness of the water and the reptiles and the murkiness and the steaminess i associate that with the underlying issues that i had not ever resolved in my life that i had suppressed and that i covered up with the use of drugs and alcohol um, another situation that I encountered that wasn't necessarily necessarily spiritual per se, but I attribute a lot of spirituality to it in my own belief and understanding to other people. It may just be uh, viewed as plasma, but a coworker and I were outside of uh, the, the place that I worked at in Humboldt County and in the back alley and we were smoking a bowl and a cigarette and um, it was around the 4th of July we had been outside for a few minutes before we noticed these two glowing orbs floating towards us. They looked similar to what was shot out of a Roman candle. The only issue was they were moving too slowly and they had no sound that signified them to be fireworks. And they didn't slowly fade out like a Roman candle. They just disappeared. And I asked him about this recently and he still remembers that. And nobody believes him. I had a friend who believed me. I can't say what it was for certain. To me, it was... Another instance of some divine force coming to me, I had mentioned in the previous episode about how when I went psychotic, there was the earthquake, and I felt like that was my soul returning to me. I think that that was something checking in to make sure that I, I was worthy. Oh, another uh, experience that I had that was spiritual is I can recall going to a blues night at a uh, place in California, and there was a, a Native American man who came in, and his name was Crow. And he was a musician, but he was always too drunk to play when he was there. And I felt like at one point he passed some kind of gift on to me that he was unable to use or would not be able to use because of his alcoholism. And that could just be my, my weird thinking for my mental illness. I, I don't think that mental illness and spiritual spirituality or spiritual emergence per se are distinctly different i think that they're two things perceived differently by different cultures our culture calls it mental illness because we're a culture of production produce 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 when you interrupt that flow of production and consume and consumption you then become useless and 
your force is disruptive at that point. When you're in a situation where you're in another culture, such as tribal cultures, those experiences are viewed as positive. They allow the people to act out those experiences without judgment. And they genuinely view those people as receiving a gift from the divine. And to me, that really is how I perceive my experience as a gift from the divine. Um, another experience that I encountered that was very spiritual was with my friend Courtney this past summer. I had given her a piece of this Witlacuchi coral that my grandparents had given me, and I, I didn't think anything of it. Uh, later on, her and I had a falling out, and when that happened, I really evaluated myself, and I looked at my codependency issues, and the thing that really struck out, struck, st- stood out at that point was, so I had a situation where I viewed myself as coral with a woman, and I, I became connected, and then I gave a woman who I cared about a piece of coral that was broken off of the organism when I learned about codependency and I learned about being separate from an organism and standing on my own, which you cannot have real love in my experience now without loving yourself and without being a whole individual. Otherwise, you will create a toxic situation that will end up hurting both you and the person you care about. Uh, Some other spiritual experiences that I've encountered since September of this year, 2016, um, was... My sobriety date started on 9-16, and September 20 of 2016 was supposedly a time of great change, and it was also supposed to be the end of the cycle and the beginning of another cycle. Shortly after my sobriety, I had this odd sensation that the hemispheres of my brain were turning like two cogs and spinning a total 180 degrees to where I looked at the world differently, and strangely enough, I did look at the world differently after that experience. Obviously, I know that my brain did not spin spin like cogs, but the sensation was there and the altered perception was there. So that's very peculiar to me. During this time, or since this time, I've done several tarot card readings and they've all directly correlated to my situation. Some almost on a frightening level. Um, Finally, there was a black moon, uh, during this time period and the black moon had been yet another sign of change and a friend who who had distanced herself due to certain situations started coming back into my life Uh, at this time it appears that she's going back out of my life i can't control what she does i still care about her and i still wish her the best i hope that she does what's right for her and i know that she will and i have the utmost faith that she will come out of her experiences on top and be able to do the things that she needs to do to help herself and in turn eventually help other people. And I mean, I I have the utmost faith in her. I I love her as a friend. I love her as a person. And she's been an incredibly helpful person on my journey. If our journeys are done, I, I can respect that as well. And I will still think that she is doing the right things for her. Um, Another experience I had after speaking at an AA meeting about spirituality, um, I was looking down at one of my two rings. It has a phoenix on the left side, a sun in the center, and a dragon on the right. Oddly enough, that's right around the time I had started the blog Spiritual Phoenix. And a week or two before, I'd been talking to someone that I do volunteer work for. She's one of my mentor mentors. And we were talking about the Kabbalah. She had mentioned the Kabbalah and the dragon, or the dragon and the Kabbalah, rather. And the dragon represents this, uh, I think she said it was a guardian of wisdom, and it's viewed as both evil, but it's also beautiful, and it has, it's both positive and negative. And 
the thing was, I realized that I had to, around 9-2 is when I realized I had to quote-unquote face the dragon in me, all the things that I was afraid of, all the things that I was terrified of. And when I faced the dragon and it burned me almost to the point of where I could have died had I not made a choice to surrender myself to my higher power, the universe, I understand it now that the universe, the, the force might even be greater than the universe. I can't say. I should just say the force. I'm reading some notes that I wrote down about this because it's such an expansive topic and I wanted to get it right. Um, it gets a little more peculiar though. I had gotten the Phoenix and Dragon Ring during one of my psychotic experiences during the winter and spring of 2013, 2014. And I had also made a ring that contained Fire Agate. I was obsessed with the second ring of power by Carlos Castaneda at this time. And I thought the two rings were where my power resided and that I was able to do amazing things. I eventually began to perceive the fire agate as evil and I threw it in a fire. I never could find the stone even though I recovered the ring. I eventually replaced the stone with turquoise and buffed out the fire damage. So it was again transmuting something. Now the, the turquoise to me represents this tranquility, this inner peace, this inner water. And it has a little black triangle on it. Um, which is interesting to me too. I tend to turn the triangle to whichever way I feel that I need to direct the energy. Um, sometimes I point it at me when I need to focus on myself more, and sometimes I focus it outwards when I need to show some love to people. Another peculiar tie-in with the book, The Second Ring of Power, is the fact they mention a woman putting a hole in a man and stealing his power. I had developed a hernia at some point in my life, and it was not until it was patched up in the summer this past summer of 2016, that a lot of my mind perception, etc. changed. Finally, I only wear two rings at this time, the turquoise ring that was stood the fire and the ring with the phoenix and the dragon on it. And I find that to be so intriguing. And to a lot of people, that may just be a bunch of uh, hogwash. And that's totally cool. You're allowed to think whatever. It's my experience and I'm allowed to think whatever about it. I'm, I'm mentally healthy. I see a therapist. I, I do all the right things. I'm really on a road to recovery, so you can judge me if you want to. That's totally cool. Your perception of me is not a reflection of me, rather a, per a reflection of you. So that's totally cool. I've had a lot of spiritual experiences since I've been involved in my sobriety at different 12-step meetings where things that I want to talk about will come up or somebody will say the exact thought that I'm thinking or somebody will say exactly what I needed to hear at that moment or I gave a speech about spirituality recently, spirituality and mental illness, and I did not want to talk about it. I, I wanted to bring it up as a topic, but I was a little bit too afraid. And it happened to be the reading of the day that day was about spirituality. And then it happened to be that somebody brought up spiritual warfare. So it, it was just surreal. And there's been a lot of serendipitous or synchronistic or whatever you want to call it moments. Um, and I have a, a couple things that I like to say that are just kind of quotes from my own experience, the biggest mistakes in my psychosis wasn't assuming that I was special, had an important role, or anything along those lines. It was the assumption that I was alone in this, and that I was a quote-unquote chosen one, and that I had to save the world on my own. I was, I was the chosen one for my life, just like everyone else is for theirs, and everyone is special, and everybody has a role in the evolution of consciousness, I feel. Um... Some of the best philosophers are the unknown who live out their who live their philosophy rather than teach it. I'll just say this: I don't intend to be a teacher by any means. I'm I'm not a teacher. I'm sharing what I've been through, and if somebody can relate to it or use that, that's good. But no, I'm not a teacher, and I'm I'm not 
some wise sage. I'm just some dude who had some experiences who hopes that they help other people and hopes that they can make other people feel more comfortable with the experiences that they're going through. Um, another one would be we are drugs, and although sometimes we need tools to work through situations, drugs are meant as a training program to get to the advanced classes, in my experience. And the advanced classes would be managing life without them and going through those situations and experiencing the ultimate psychedelic, which is reality. During my psychosis, there was this woman who I perceived as a witch, and she came up to me at one point when I was very distressed after being after my ex broke up with me, and uh, she said, she basically said everything that happened. She said to trust my gut, and then she also said, life is one big strange trip, and it makes me think of a Terrence McKenna quote, life isn't just stranger than you assume it's stranger than you can assume uh we are all capable of amazing change but sometimes we get in the way of ourselves pain is the greatest teacher if you are willing to learn the lesson and i i do think that that's true i've learned a lot through pain but i've also learned a lot through love in the past couple months um and love has been one of the things that accelerated me pain taught me a lot of things when i looked at the lessons and in, in the, in the reflection of love um, every single person has something you can learn from them too is something I learned in these experiences. And I believe that's absolutely fundamentally true. Everyone has someone to, something that you can learn from them as long as you respect them and treat them with dignity. And when you shut yourself out and think somebody doesn't have wisdom, you're showing your own ignorance in my experience. Sometimes what they're saying might not be wisdom as it stands out, as it stands to most people, but the reality is, even if you view it as foolish or whatever, you can still use it to make your own wisdom. Some of the wisest people are viewed as insane by the foolish, and some of the most insane people are viewed as wise when people would rather digest comfort than reality. And finally, I guess not finally, there's two more things. Uh, another thing I would say is my greatest curse has become my greatest blessing. The only change was my perception and the willingness to not victimize myself by assuming I'm powerless. Finally, changing the world doesn't have to be something extravagant. It's a smile, listening to a stranger, holding the door for a stranger, or, or just genuinely showing love and compassion for another individual. And with that, I'd like to put this episode on the pyre, say I love you, uh, Peace, blessings, have a good day. Thank you for listening. Namaste.